0: The following audio is from LifePoint Church, located in O'Fallon, Missouri. For more information about LifePoint Church, visit us online at thelifepointconnection.com. Jesus, today we pray and we seek and we worship a living God. You are living, you are alive. You rose from the grave. You're seated at the right hand. All authority is given unto you, and so when we come to you, when we When we seek you, you're not far from us. You hear us. And you have the ability to move mountains. To change the broken into life. To raise us from the dead. And so today, we come to you, Jesus. And ask as we've gathered... different situations, different lives, different backgrounds, different histories, different families, that you can meet each one of us right, right where we are. So I'd ask that you would do that, God, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Go ahead and have a seat, thanks. If you've got your Bibles... Go ahead and grab them. Uh, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians 15. If you don't have a Bible, today's your lucky day because we have one for you. So if you need a Bible, will you raise your hand on up? And uh, we've got some of those coming around for you. First Corinthians is where we're going to start. First Corinthians is uh, toward the back of the Bible. The book is 1 Corinthians. The chapter is the big number. We're gonna be in verse one welcome to Life Point Church how are you guys doing Great. all right all right feisty that's good that's how I like you you know believe it or not um, even before you walked in here this morning there were people praying for you we we believe that through the Holy Spirit, God can speak to us. God can move in us. And so, and so before this week ever happened, before you entered in and sat in this seat, uh, people were praying for you. So what were they praying? They were praying that, that God would open up our hearts so that we would see Him, so that we would hear Him, so that we would know Him. The Bible would say, those who have ears, let them hear And so we pray that God today, we're going to hear testimony after testimony of how you have changed lives, how you sanctified lives, have you brought men and women unto yourself. But today, may God not dismiss just you. He wants to speak to you. He wants to be present with you. And so that's what we pray. And so we've been going through a gospel-centered church, what that looks like. And today we're going to have a gospel-centered celebration. And in order to know this and to see this and to receive this, we're going to start in 1 Corinthians 15. You guys there? Yes. All right, here we go. 1 Corinthians 15 says, Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you. This word gospel, it just simply can mean good news. I want to remind you of some good news. I want to remind you of what is good. I want to give you some good news. I want to remind you of good news, brothers, of the gospel that I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved. If you hold fast to the word that I preached to you, unless you've believed in vain. And so this good news, this gospel... It has many different aspects, many different facets. It says, it says the gospel is something that's preached or or proclaimed. It's, it's good news that's heralded. Are you, are you with me? But it's also something that the good news is something not only that's heralded, but it's something that's, that's received. Not only is it something that's heralded or received, it's something that, that we stand in and we trust in the good news. And it's also something that by which we're being changed and transformed and, and saved. And so when we talk about the gospel, we're talking about this good news. And so I began to think about this. How do we explain this here at Life Point Church? Well, we explain it the way the Bible explains it. And we we look in the Bible and we say, okay, what is this good news then? The good news can be seen in the scriptures in four different ways. The first way we see the good news is we see the good news as an event. Namely, the life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. There, there's an event that's central. So the gospel, the good news, we see in the scriptures that it's an event. Let me show you. Verse 3. For I delivered to you of first importance what I also received. So the good news, the gospel, is the most important thing. What I also received, that Christ died for our sins. That's the event in accordance with the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. And so, and so we see the good news as an event, but we also see the good news in the Scriptures as an achievement of the event. Eric, what do you mean? Okay? There's the life, the death, the resurrection, the event of Christ... But what did that event achieve? And so the good news of the gospel is not only event, but it is what was achieved through the event is good news. And so you don't don't just take the event and say, Well, that's the good news, it is. But what was achieved through that event, and so and so what happened when Christ died? What happened? When he was buried. What happened in the heavenly places when he was raised. There's there's an achievement of that event. We can also see in the scriptures that the gospel is described as an offer. It's an offer. So the event, what happened in the event, and the good news is not only those two, but the good news is how the... Good news is offered. Is it offered through works? Is it offered through faith? The good news is how it's offered, and that's the gospel. So you've got events, you've got achievement, you've got the offer, and then you have application. We see in the scriptures that the good news of the gospel is that it's applied because Jesus went to the cross, Jesus died, Jesus raised, something happened in the heavenly places, and now it's offered, so it's not ours yet, but the good news is that it can be applied to our lives. So the gospel, the good news, it's, it's many different things. And so I read to you the event. Let's read it again, verse 3. Here's the event. For I delivered to you of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins According to the scriptures that he was buried, he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures. So Christ died, Christ was buried, Christ was raised. This is not subjective, this is objective. Okay, so for all you intellects, listen, this is, this is historically what happened. He died. He was buried, and he was right. So here's the event that he died for our sins. So what did that event achieve then? I think in order to understand the good news, you've got to understand the bad news. And and so the Bible would say, according to Romans 3.10, I think I've got it up here, is that none is righteous. Not even one. No one stands, no one seeks for God. No one, not even not even me. All have turned aside together. they have become worthless. I bet when you walked in this morning you didn't think you would be called worthless. Welcome to Life Point. <laughs> no one does good not, not even one. Romans 6.23 says we've all sinned, and the wages of sin is death. So this text tells me that I'm guilty, and I'm guilty. And so if I stand before God in his courtroom, I stand unrighteous, therefore guilty, therefore sentenced to death, therefore perishing. Let me just clear something. If you stand before a judge, let's say you've done something that warrants the death penalty. Okay, I, mean, I don't know what that is. Maybe you, I don't know what's bad. Uh, you blew up a school or something. That's pretty bad. And so the judge says that's sentencing is death. The Bible says that since we've gone astray from God, the sentence is death. And you stand before God and he says, the judge says, you're guilty. Death, that's the sentence. But before we carry out the sentence, let me ask you, tell me about the good things you did in your life. And so you go on and say, well, um, I know I blew up the school, but, um, you know, I never cheated on my wife. And uh, I took my... Little girl dance practice, and I was the soccer coach. I even went to church. Occasionally, I put money in the offering. I did all these good things, and the, I, the homeless. I did this stuff. I did this stuff, and, and so the judge at this point is not going to say, "Well, it looks like your good outweighs your bad." And so let's just wipe that that sentence clean. Even in a sinful world, we'd say that's not right. Even in a, in a broken world, we would say that's not, that's not right. The penalty is deserving death. And so judges do two things. They acquit the innocent and they condemn the guilty. And here we are, according to Romans 3, we're guilty. Now I bet, I hope, that right now you're feeling the way that I felt At one time. That this is a hopeless situation. Isn't it? Unless. Unless someone else's righteousness could somehow be counted for me. Unless. Unless somehow there's somebody who is perfect. Who is holy. Who is blameless. Who is without fault. Could somehow count for me. So what did Christ achieve? The first thing, that Christ, the event of his death, resurrection, it achieved absorbing the wrath of God that sits on us. Hear me. Hear me. Christ, in the event, absorbed the wrath of God that sits on me look at this verse. Galatians two, I'm sorry, Galatians three, thirteen. It says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming the curse, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. And so there's a curse on me, but he became the curse. So he's absorbing the wrath of God. That was a chain reaction right there. Amen. Amen. I, I call them worthless. Christ will redeem that. So Jesus on the cross absorbed the wrath. For us the second thing that it did is that upon the event, the good news of the event, the good news is that he bore our sins. First Peter 2:24. show that one. First Peter <laughs> let's go. First Peter 2:24. I love it when texts are so clear. It says, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree. So he accomplished what was the good news that it was accomplished. He bore our sins on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. So what was achieved is that on him was Sin. He bore our sin. Isaiah 53 says this. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely He has bore our griefs. He's carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed to be stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But He was pierced for our transgressions, all the ways that we were guilty. He was crushed for our iniquities, all the ways we turned our backs. Upon Him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with His wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to His own way. And the Lord has laid on Him, on Christ, the iniquity of us all. And so what was achieved through the event was the wrath of God was absorbed. Our sins, our shortcomings were bore on Him. The third thing that it did is it performed, Jesus performed perfect righteousness. You have to know this. Because we cannot be righteous, we cannot be perfect, but Jesus had to be perfect. And so Philippians 2.8, what was achieved on the cross when he went to death, he says, being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient, obedient to God to the point of death, even death on a cross. And so God requires perfect righteousness and Jesus fulfilled perfect righteousness. And so when Jesus hangs on the cross, the good news, the event, when he said, It is finished, oh, how much was finished in that moment because he lived the perfect life and obedient even to this cross. He says it's finished. Perfectly obedient. Next thing that the cross accomplished, the event, the good news accomplished, is that he purchased eternal life. John 3:36. It says, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. And so if you believe in the Son, you have eternal life. Because he's perfect, he's holy, he's blameless. I am not, he is good. And so those who believe in him have life. And John 3, 16. For God so loved the world... That he gave his only son. And whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Through his perfect righteousness, perfect obedience. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe is condemned already. Because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. And so the good news, the gospel, it's the event, the achievement of what Christ did. It's, it's what that event accomplished is good news. But then the good news is the offer. Listen to me now. Everybody look at me. Look at me real quick. Look at me. If you... Do not believe in Christ. The Bible says that the wrath of God remains on you. You're still under the curse. Your sin has not been dealt with. And so you're here. If you don't believe. You're here trying to. Figure out how to make yourself righteous, trying to earn some standing before God if you don't believe then the wrath is still on you and that and that should ask the question stirring up in your heart. I hope I prayed, I prayed that it's stirring up in your heart. The question is, where am I at with God? Where am I at with him? You should be asking the question. Well, Eric, is there, is there any way I could get in on that? Is there is there any way that I can have the wrath of God not be on me? Is there any way that I could I could have my sins forgiven? Is there any way that I could partake in his righteousness? Is there any way that I could partake and taste eternal life? Is there any way is there any way that could be for me? it would be really, really, really bad news if the answer was sure. Just work hard. You hearing that? It would be really bad news if the answer was sure, all you got to do, and I gave you a list of things to do. But the good news, central to the gospel, listen to me, central to the gospel is that it's free for the believing and that's goodness Amen. Romans 3:28 says for we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law Ephesians 2:8-9 for by grace You've been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no man can boast. I can't boast in something that I've done. Grace, it's given freely. Those who come by grace through faith. And then John 1, 12, it says, He came to his own, his own people did not receive him, but to all who did receive him. Who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God who are born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, nor of anything that you've done, or anything that you've inherited, or anything that you did, but you've been born of God. And so the good news of the event, Christ, life, death, and resurrection... Is that he absorbed the wrath, covered sin, achieved perfect righteousness, purchased eternal life. And the good news of that achievement is that it's free for those who would believe. And so, today, the offer is for you. No amount of goodness, no amount of performance. The offer stands for you today. Today we celebrate the event. Christ. Death, burial, resurrection. Today we celebrate the achievement. All that was achieved through Christ. Today we celebrate the free offer. The grace that is given. And we also celebrate with those today. Who have received it. And it's changing their lives. Galatians 2 20. It says, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up. For me. And so now we're going to witness what Christ accomplished in the lives of men and women, and we're going to celebrate that God makes things new. That the life that these folks that you're going to hear about have been changed and transformed into a new life. The life they now live, they live by faith. Jesus, listen. Is not done. He still. Changes. And makes. Broken. People. New. This is my daughter Ellie. Say hi Ellie. (laughs) Ellie. um, What did Jesus do for you? He died on a cross to forgive your sins. Tell me what ways you've sinned. By disobeying your parents and lying. Disobeying your parents and lying. (laughs) See how we teach her? Is there anything else? Selfishness? Ellie, um... Why do you need Jesus?
1: Because
0: if, if he wasn't there for us, we would die. Um, Ellie, why do you want to be baptized today? People about Jesus. Because when you follow him, he says, be baptized and tell other people about Jesus. Ellie, who do you want to tell about Jesus? Everyone. Oh. <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> Are you ready? Okay. (laughs) Next. Before I started the church, um, I was pastoring in, in a place north of Missouri, northern Missouri. And, and I felt like God was calling me to come start Life Point Church. And, and as we made the move in, in our obedience to God, I, I, didn't, I didn't necessarily have a job. And, and, you know, when you start something from nothing, you don't have an income. And so I started looking for jobs. And, and I believe that God opened up the right job for me at the right time, at the right point. And I I don't believe that it was an accident that I was there. And um, so about three years ago, I started this job. And I worked with a guy uh, named Ken. And um, I began to just love him the best I knew how. And and so slowly and surely, um, he came to church. And... um, And today he's going to be baptized. Come on up, Ken. There's a lot of people. (laughs) Today I'm being baptized because ever since I can remember, um, I've been searching for something. And
1: meeting Eric and coming here, you know, I've found what I've been searching for. And it's really changed me in a good way. So I'm just ready. I'm, I'm really stoked, you know. And I'm just, I'm just here wanting to do this now. Let's do it. Well, let's
0: do it. work, I um, met another guy named Shane. And Shane started coming to the church a while back and um, got to become pretty good friends with him. And, and so today I, I have a privilege of baptizing his daughter. And so will you welcome with me uh, Maddie Weiner, Maddie come on up
2: um, I want to say thank you for my to my grandparents coming to watch me do this because for some more support.
0: <laughs> I got to meet with Maddie this week, and one thing I love about her is that when she heard that we were doing a baptism service this week she said i i want to be baptized and so i got to talk to her about her life and how she trusted jesus as her lord and savior and she's so excited she's a little nervous she told me she's so excited about following jesus in this way and so today let's let's baptize you Um, Next is um, someone that uh, has come with Ken. It's actually Ken's wife. Uh, So welcome with me, Janie Castellanos.
3: Okay, I'm really nervous. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I grew up with... Jesus always in my life and um and but there was a point in my adult life where I felt I was unworthy of his love. And I I've been carrying that with me through my whole adult life. And um just like Eric says how you know he went to do this job and met Ken. I truly believe that people are put in your life for a reason, and I'm so happy that Ken met you, and that Ken told me we need to come to this church, and from the first moment I stepped into this church, I have never felt like a true love, like I didn't even know these people, and I walked in, and everybody was hugging me and shaking my hand. (laughs) And um, and so now today, um, I'm, I'm being baptized because I know that Jesus does love me. And I know that he's forgiven me because he died for me. And I just want to thank everybody here at LifePoint and you, Eric, especially for opening my eyes and my heart to that. And I love you. I love you guys. Woo!
0: In Matthew 28, Jesus gives us a command. It says, go in all the world and and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And so one thing that we like to promote here at this church is that you are disciples. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're a disciple. And one of the commands is to to baptize others. And so... uh, The next person being baptized, uh, Janie played an incredible role in her coming to know Christ as Savior. So, I want her to tell that story. Heather, will you come up here? Give it up for Heather Shippers.
2: Hi, everybody. (laughs) I'm very nervous as well. (laughs) Just a few months ago, um, I was feeling pretty broken and, um, and I've led a pretty broken life, um, throughout my childhood and, um, I met, um, some wonderful people and, um, this wonderful lady that said, just come to church with me. (laughs) And, uh, I, uh, if it wasn't for her and all the support of LifePoint, um, I don't know where I'd be, I'd probably be still very broken, and um, I thank everybody, and I love you <laughs> with all my heart.:
0: <laughs> Today, Janie's going to have uh, the privilege of baptizing Heather so. The next girl I've I've got to share life with for about five months. She's been in my house several times. We've had meals together, and um, her story is unbelievable. So, will you just give a round of applause for Lizzie Wasuda?
2: Okay, I'm really nervous too. So I guess that's a reoccurring theme today. <laughs> Um, just a little background on me. I was raised Catholic. My parents didn't really go to church until um, I was born. They took, they walked into a random Catholic church, said, this is our baby. Can you baptize her? And they told the, they told my parents, no. They said, we can't baptize her unless you're part of the Catholic church. So through that, they became Catholic. I was baptized when I was nine months old. Um, I was raised Catholic, but it's there's always been something missing, I guess. I went to PSR, and I went to PSR for eight years. And I, I guess, graduated PSR in eighth grade with confirmation, but I could not find a verse in the Bible. I didn't know anything about it, didn't really learn it, and I just, like, it didn't feel like I knew God was important, but something was missing. Like, it wasn't enough. Jesus wasn't enough, I guess you could say. So I go into high school, and I'm your typical high schooler. I was on the dance team. I went to parties. Like, I did all that kind of stuff. And something happened my senior year. I went to a retreat called, what was it called? Um, I can't remember, but I'm sure most of you have probably heard of it. And I accepted Jesus there, just kind of on like a Christian high, like, you know, like that retreat high. And nothing really changed in my life afterwards. I still continued being my normal self. The only difference was now, in the back of my mind, I knew that what I was doing was wrong. I knew that I was sinning. And on March 3rd, 2012, I was actually at a party, and I got back to my dorm from it, and I was like, this is not okay, like, what I'm doing, I'm not following Jesus, like, I can't be close to Jesus and do these things at the same time, so I decided right then and there to stop, and I, it's been a year and four months since I have done any of that kind of stuff, and anything that would, like, I guess, lead me away in that aspect, and I re-accepted Christ into my life this past June, which was, like, a whole different experience than the first time. And um, th- that video that Eric played, the one with the pictures, I remember watching that my senior year. And, like, the beginning of it, just, like, crying, just, like, knowing, like, I'm, like, that person holding that sad sign, I guess it was. And I didn't really care about the rest of it. But watching it now, I'm like, I feel like I do have that new picture, and it was just like a whole like it's I, it's crazy that that video would be played today. So yeah,
1: that's about it.
0: All right. Um, about a month ago, um, some guys were studying the Bible in Starbucks right out the road here and uh, a girl came in and and saw that we were sharing the Bible and she was encouraged by that and then the next week she she came to life point church and um the next week after that, she came in to starbucks and and we um asked her we saw her we asked her how we could pray for her and then she says well i, I want to be i want to be a light into my work and so we prayed for her to go into her work and share uh, the truth of jesus christ and the next week she comes back and she says can i take one of these bibles there's a friend of mine at my work that wants to read the bible with me and so they started reading the bible together and and through that i've i've got to see um life change and so today we want to celebrate uh, with austin fisher austin come on up and welcome with me jordan
1: morning (laughs) first off i'd like to thank my mother and stepfather for being here for me it's a big deal for me thank you very much for coming Just a little background, I, um, my parents were Catholic, and Jesus was always a part of my life, but I never really followed him. I believed, but I didn't follow. And so, just recently, about a month and a half ago, I felt so not where I was supposed to be. I felt like in my life, I wasn't on the right track. It's not what I, where I thought I'd be. And there's a lot of things that have happened to me that haven't been always positive, but now, I always noticed that Jordan, she was always happy. She was really, you know, ever since she was following Christ, I'd seen a major change in her, and she was always happy, and I wanted that. So I asked her, I reached out and I said, uh, help me, help me learn. So we sat down in Starbucks, started reading the Bible, and I just started learning. And through that learning, I found Christ.
0: Again, we we believe that if you're a disciple or a follower of Jesus, that when you go and you make disciples, that you baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so Jordan gets to baptize Austin today. There was a time in my life that I felt like, okay, well, maybe maybe these guys just were not good and then they, they just buckled down and pulled themselves up by their bootstraps and just became good. Until until you try doing that and you realize it's impossible. And so through our conversations, through the testimonies, we realize that Jesus, through his spirit, changes lives. And so let's... Let's today let's let's just ask the Lord to change our lives. Will you pray with me? Jesus, I thank you for the testimonies that are here today. I thank you for the gospel. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for the event of your perfect life, your death and your resurrection so that we could have life. I thank you for all the things that that accomplished. In the heavenly places. I thank you for the free offer. That is offered to men. And women alike. To come to know you. And walk with you. Jesus today. We thank you. And we celebrate. That you've. Raised us to life. And so wherever we are. Whatever we've done. You you overcame. You conquered sin you conquered death you conquered the grave and you've given us new life Jesus as I prayed at the beginning of the service that those who have ears let them hear if you're here today and you would say I've tried everything I've tried religion I've tried works I've tried to clean myself up I've tried to pull myself up I've I've tried to buckle down I've tried everything but there still seems to be lacking peace and joy in my life I need God I need to know God Jesus came so you could have a relationship with him. And so if you're here today and you would say, you know what, Eric, I just want to confess that I need to ask Jesus as my Lord and Savior. If you're here today and that's you, will you just raise your hand up and put it right back down? I just want to pray for you. Okay? Okay? Two of you, is there anyone else? Is there anyone else? Jesus, you see the confession of our hands. You see the confession of our mouths. That we believe in our heart and we confess that you're Lord. And so, Jesus, we ask that you would forgive us of our sins. These two raise their hand. I pray that they would ask you to come into their life and forgive them of their sins and walk in a new way of life. They believe that you can overcome. Jesus, be our greatest joy. Be our savior once again. May we proclaim the gospel with our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Will you stand and will you celebrate? Will you stand and will you sing with us today?